The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. Hey, Dr. Bill here with a soon-to-be exciting Meet the Mentor. If you have not signed up for Leap 2020, do it now. Uh, we have registration. You can go to www.leapfoundation.com and sign up. Uh, we will have an epic year again. The dates are July 19th to the 25th, again at beautiful UCLA. If you haven't seen the new setup that we use this year, it's awesome. Go on our website and you'll see some of the content that we posted. It's, it was really beautiful and it was really great and uh, we're super excited. So we already have a ton of signups. If you sign up now, you get the early bird special till when? End of this month? End of the month, which is coming quickly. Um, Dr. Bill will be scuba diving in Fiji the first week in September. So uh, try and do it before I go. Uh, so as a precursor to our pinnacle of LEAP, which is the Meet the Mentor Workshop, we bring you these every week and we started um, putting them on a new podcast, which is called Meet the Mentor. So you just scroll down and look or search for Meet the Mentor podcast. We have about 20 of them already posted and every one that we do now will be added to the library. But you could see some of the best ones we've done from the last year. We've done over 110 Meet the Mentor interviews. So we picked the 20 that we thought you'd like best and we put them on the website and now all the new ones will be on there um, as well. So you'll get to hear the whole thing. But for right now, you get to meet Robert Friedman. This is the first time that I'm actually doing an interview of a judge, so I'm a little intimidated here, but um, he's been a practicing attorney for over 20 years, working in both California and Nevada. He's a business owner. He did civil litigation, mainly business litigation, and he's currently a judge pro tem, which he'll explain to you what that means, and hopefully will be a full-time judge soon. We need more smart judges because there's a lot of them on there that aren't that smart. Uh, and, and that's for real. Uh, he also works as a mediator um, and a trainer for the state of Nevada. And he's on the State Bar of Nevada Ethics Commission. And he's a board for several charities, um, a merit badge counselor, Boy Scouts of America, and he does martial arts. But we're going to focus on law. Thank you so Thank much. You, and for the first time, he got to actually serve as a mentor at LEAP. What was that experience like for you? You know, uh, Dr. Bill, it was phenomenal. Uh, it was, first of all, nice to be back in Bruin territory. I've been doing some work with uh, USC on the Trojan Marching Band. And it was so nice to be back on UCLA uh, campus. And I was so impressed with not only what the school's done, my goodness, what a phenomenal facility. But once I stepped into the LEAP workshop and I saw just how many young men and women your program reaches. And I was really amazed because when I walked up to the first table, there was four or five people there that wanted to learn more about what I do. Each one of them stood up, looked me in the eye, well, okay, looked me in the eye, and shook my hand and said, what a pleasure to meet you and thank you for coming. So just the basic uh, common courtesies which have been so absent in the last 10, 15 years of our culture, you're bringing that back. In addition to guiding these young men and women into careers, that they're going to love and really make a difference in our world. 
Thank you so much. You know, it's funny. When we do the, uh, the mentor workshop, we have about 100 mentors. And it's funny because I introduce each mentor. They come on stage. And, and I don't know why, but honestly, I totally remember shaking your hand, even though we hadn't met before, it, it, because I just, I felt like, oh my gosh, this guy has like so much enthusiasm. And it was really, it was awesome. And, you know, it, 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 things in life like that don't just happen. You make them happen. You know, I always tell my kids, you know, these shiny moments in life, it's not just a coincidence. Like you have to, you know, kind of prepare and get the groundwork ready. So these kids don't just automatically do this. Like we literally work with them and teach them. Like when you meet somebody in America, you shake their hand, you look them in the, and you smile, you know? And now it's not like that for all cultures, but that's our culture. And believe it or not, a lot of these kids don't learn that at home. They don't have, I do a special segment at Leap called How to Be a Gentleman because we found that a lot of these kids that are coming in here, they don't have a positive male role model in their life at all. Right. You know, a lot of them are being raised by their their mothers or their grandmothers, or which is fine, but you know, it helps to be able to have a different perspective sometimes too. So, first of all, I really mm-hmm. thank you for being there and doing that and giving up your time and helping. Um, but one of the things we like to do with this is to give students that aren't coming to Leap mm-hmm. or ones that did come to Leap but didn't get the pleasure of meeting you a little perspective on you know what you do. So let's go back to your career. Sure. You know, you practice yeah. law. Um, tell us a little bit about that and, you know, kind of the highlights of, of that and the lowlights, because from that you kind of progressed into wanting to be a judge. So I'd like to hear a little bit about that. Well, and if I can circle back for just a minute, I gave a, a keynote speech to the Boy Scouts last night. And one thing that I said to them that just resonated was life doesn't happen to you. Life happens because of you. And when that shift happens, then people can go forth and really make a difference with a clear, ringing sense of purpose. And so that LEAP workshop really resonated with me. And that's what I took away that I was able to pass on. So I just wanted to make sure that I shared that with you. you. So my career as a lawyer, you know, it's just one of those things. I grew up in Palos Verdes, as I told you. And, you know, one of my closest friends was going to be an engineer. And one was going to be a surgeon. And one was going to be a finance guy. It just was, that was the thing we were going to do. And my father, God, God rest him, wise man, was a musician of all things. And I went to law school because I was going to be, I guess, the token lawyer in the group of friends. And I did go to law school finally. I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and a law degree. But becoming a lawyer is a long and arduous path. And everybody who says to me, you know, Robert, I want to be a lawyer because I argue so good. Oh, <laughs> man. In my, in my mind, there are two reasons to become a lawyer. The first one is, is that somebody else is paying for it because a JD will do nothing but help you. But when you've got that crushing debt, if you go to UCLA or some other school down south, you're looking at 150 grand in education. And once you get through, now you go, wow, I really want to do this job, but it only pays me 60 grand a year, so I can't. So I got to do that job. And so while it opens a lot of doors, it also can close a lot of doors. The second reason to go to law school is because you really want to be a lawyer. And if you really want to be a lawyer, I caution everybody out there, 
go spend the day with a lawyer and see what we really do for a living. LA law, uh, law and order, that's really not what we do. So if you want to be a public defender, go spend the day with a public defender. If you want to be a, a government lawyer, go spend the day with a government lawyer and see what they really do. And then if you decide that, okay, now I know what you really do and I want to do that, then it's time to start applying for law school. Good advice. So what was it like practicing law for 20 years? You know, highs and lows. Um, made a lot of money. Lost a lot of money. The practice of law has changed dramatically. And I saw this, uh, this great coffee mug. I think I, was, I think I was in Thailand when I saw it. And it said, don't confuse your Google search with my law degree. And that's what's happening. In a lot of ways, attorneys are going mm. the way of the dinosaur. Because people get on, they do their Google, and oh, look, I'm an attorney. Legal Zoom. Legal Zoom, exactly. So that's really changed uh, the way lawyers practice. And a lot of the big firms have closed. Uh, you've got a lot of sole practitioners now. So the, uh, the practice of law has really changed. And the time you need an attorney is if you're going to court, because the rules have not changed in court. And judges, I happen to know this firsthand, we're not, we're not forgiving when people aren't doing what they're supposed to do because we've got this backload of cases. We've got to move it along. Justice has got to be served and it's got to be swift. So if you can't handle it, then get out. So that's kind of where you need, you definitely need a lawyer. That hasn't changed. So at a certain point in your career, you said, you know what, done with this. I want to move to the next level, which is to be a judge. What initiated that? You know, it's really ironic. When I was in law school, I never wanted to be a judge. I was an advocate. I mean, I was a, man, I was a, I was a dragon slayer. I was formidable as a litigator. And I spent, um, gosh, 10 years in Vegas. and Sorry, Las Vegas. And I got stuck in family law. Not, not for me. It wasn't, my, it wasn't my divorce. But it was uh, a, a judge that I got eight years. This dragged on. And there, oh. it, it, was, it wasn't, you know... Oh, it's 30, just painful oh, hearing yeah. that. Yes, yes, yes. Eight years, Eight years of a divorce? Of a divorce. And I was... Uh, I the was kids living. weren't even kids when it was done. Oh, no. No, they weren't. Oh. And kids were involved. And it was, it, was, it was an ugly, ugly case. And there wasn't millions of dollars involved. There weren't numerous properties. It was just uh, a very angry ex-husband, very dirty attorneys and an incompetent judge. And I learned, first of all, after eight years of litigating this matter, my gosh, I never wanted to step into a courtroom again. It killed my love of law. It, it completely wiped out my belief in justice and in the system because the things I saw were truly horrifying. Um, but the irony is, is that while it, I learned that a judge can do so much damage, a judge can also save people. And so the irony is, and here it is, that I never wanted to step into a courtroom again as a litigating attorney because I was just, I was done. It was so distasteful to me. But it kind of awakened my belief in becoming a judge. I totally get it. I totally get it. Because, I, I totally get it. Because our legal system is so convoluted and so ridiculous in so many aspects that literally as a litigator, you're a victim. And as a judge, you're not the victim anymore because you, I totally get it. <laughs> I hope you get to be my judge because it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. And you know, the truly frightening thing is uh, LA can boast th one thing that's really great and really kind of daunting. LA is the largest judicial system on the planet. 
There's like 800 judges in LA alone. 800 wow. judges. And the system is so impacted. And little by little, it's a, it's a very cumbersome system. Little by little, you know, we're trying to get it windowed down, get the caseloads moving along. And so you don't have these cases that drag on forever and ever and ever. So I think you may be familiar with that type of strategy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's painful just thinking about it. So can you explain to our students what exactly a judge pro tem is? Absolutely. And the difference between that and a judge and also a commissioner, as we, you were explaining Sure. So in Los Angeles and California, there are three types of judicial officers. The first is a judge, the second is a commissioner, and the third is a judge pro tem, which is what I am. So a judge can either be appointed by the governor, and he's an, he or she is an employee of the state, and they can be sent through any courtroom throughout California. So you can be in Sacramento, you can be in San Diego, you go where they tell you to go. Uh, the second way is to become elected. And so you know you gotta you know, throw the money up and put the campaign together and you run for a specific seat. And if you're elected, you take that seat and you stay there until you run again or get removed or whatever it might be. All right, that's a judge. A commissioner, very similar, maybe a little bit less on the pecking order. They don't have quite as many powers, but a commissioner is an employee of the county. So a commissioner in Los Angeles can't work in Orange County until and unless Orange County hires that person as a commissioner. But the commissioner essentially acts as a judge. Correct. They're both judicial officers. Okay, I okay. got it. And then finally, you have a pro tem judge or a judge pro tem, which is what I am. They're kind of getting away from that, and now they're saying it's a temporary judge, which I don't like because I kind of like the lofty title. Um, but a judge pro tem or a temporary judge uh, serves at the, at the discretion of the county. And I think it's an internship because if you want to be a judge, you could be the greatest litigating attorney on the planet, but how are you going to be as a judge? Because the most difficult thing about being a judge is you've got to turn off the advocate. So I'm behind the behind the, the, the bench and I'm listening and I really want to argue their case because they're just really screwing it up and I can't do that. So it's a different mentality. And a judge pro tem, first of all, we're giving back to the community. There was a time in the not too distant past when California was really short on funds and LA was short on funds and they couldn't hire new judges. And so the wheels of justice started to grind to a halt. They created the pro tem department, they reached out to the legal community, and so now as a result, we're able to get those wheels going again. We fill in for judges, and we kind of really um, streamlined a lot of the courtrooms. So that's a judge pro tem. Great to give back to the community. You know, as I said, made a lot of money, wanna make sure people get justice, but also it's a great internship to become a judge because now you have the practice of being a judge. Mm -hmm. They know how you work. Uh, you've got, there are some amazing judges. And that's something else I learned. I've run into some judges that weren't so great. Maybe some were incompetent. Maybe some weren't mentally there all the way anymore. But I've also run into some judges that were really phenomenal. They were smart, they were committed, and they genuinely believed in what they did and what they do. And that to me was really eye-opening. So that's the difference between judge, commissioner, judge pro tem. In order to become a judge, do you have to have served as an attorney? Uh, the rules are, and this was good, this is going back a couple of years, in order to be considered for a judge, you have to be an attorney. And it used to be you have to have at least 10 years experience as an attorney. And they like to see about seven years 
experience as a litigator. Um, they go, a lot of times judges are DAs or PDs, public defenders, and they have a tremendous amount of trial experience. In my opinion, I'm thinking, well, that's great, but when you put somebody on the bench that's been a DA for 30 years, 20 years, they have a certain mentality, and I'm not sure that they might be as uh, non-biased. And right. you, in, uh, to be a judge, you want to make sure that you have the right mentality, no advocacy, can't do that, and that you are unbiased, nonpartisan. Mm. And I think it was, gosh, who was it? It was a recent appointee to the Supreme Court. And I just caught the snippet. And he said, if you go to bed at the end of the night as a judge, and you are like, oh, yeah, I got this. I nailed every decision. I was right all the way. Great day. He says, then you are a bad judge. And he's right. He's right. Wow. All right. So you have this going on. You also have a little side business that you're doing. Why don't we oh, talk yeah. about that for just a sec? So in my youth, I was a K-1 prize fighter. I know. I'm so young and pretty. How is it possible? Exactly, well, exactly what <laughs> yeah, we right? were all that's thinking. A, that's what we were thinking. I'm just saying what everybody here is thinking. Okay. Yeah. So uh, sixth grade, I'm in Malaga Cove in Palos Verdes, and my sixth grade PE teacher was Guru Dan Inasano. You might know the name. Some people do. Some people don't. Do you know the name? No. Okay. Dan Inasano was Bruce Lee's best friend and business partner. Oh, okay. Bruce Lee. We know that name? Yes. That name we know. So Game of Death was the one with the yellow tracksuit. He was doing the nunchucks. Well, Dan Inasano is the one that taught him the nunchucks. Okay. And Guru Dan Inasano is, if he's not the foremost martial artist on the planet, he's one of the top three. Amazing man, amazing mentor to me. So I'm, you know, it's like 75, 76, and I'm training at the Kali Academy in Compton. And Guru Dan Inasano was my teacher. So we kind of move forward. I get bigger, I get stronger, I get faster, and I start to fight professionally. And this is back, gosh, holy smokes, mid-80s maybe? We're going way back. And when I came back from Vegas, I did the fight thing. And I, my last fight, I was 40, and I was in Hong Kong. And the minute, I think the fight lasted a minute and a half into the first round. And I was so badly beaten up, I had to postpone my flight home. And I thought, wow. I won that fight. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's time to hang the gloves up. And so I did, you know, finished the law school career and went down that path. And then when I came back from Nevada, I was so done with the law, I wanted to do something and I completely got out of the law. And so I purchased a martial arts academy in Orange County, Irvine. Okay. So if I could kind of like wave a magic wand and say this is what Robert's future is going to look like, Tell me what you have planned for like the next five years. Does world peace count? World peace, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is not the Miss USA pageant. But <laughs> well, good, because I don't think I'd place. Um, for, for me personally, uh, absolutely take the bench. I mean, that, that's where my career seems to be going. And uh, I do want to give back to the community. So I sit on the board for several charities. I'm involved with the LEAP workshop and so pleased and honored to be a part no, of what you, you do. No, thank you. You were awesome. So thank you very much. Got so, high, very high re reviews from oh, the good. students, by the way. They oh, loved you. I'm very pleased to hear that. And just when I left Las Vegas, I was pretty, I mean, um, emotionally and, and mentally, I was just battered and bloodied. But when I crossed state line, I'm like, well, I did leave Las Vegas a better place than I found it. Substantially. That's all you can hope for, right? And that's where I'm going. I want right. to leave the world a better place. I don't care if my name's attached to it. I don't care about that. 
But I do think that our world and our culture in so many ways is in crisis. And if I can help be a part and be a component of change and great. help guide people, that that's where I'm going now. Well, I feel like we need more judges like you. So I hope it happens. Thank you, Thank you very much, If there's anything Dr. we Bill. could do, like write a letter or any mm-hmm. kind of endorsement thing, I'd be down. I'm, so, I'm very flattered. Thank you. And don't think I won't take you up no, on that. No, <laughs> seriously. I would love to. All right. So next week, our Meet the Mentor is going to be with a good, sweet friend of mine, Jamie Nutella. She is a TV commercial producer, hilarious, smart, successful, and I've literally known her since she's 19 and watched her blossom with her career. So with that, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Leap Foundation, on Instagram at Leap Foundation, and on Twitter at Leap Los Angeles. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.